You're listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 161, Side B. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a bi-weekly podcast, and we did figure out that bi-weekly was the correct term. Y'all were going to mess with me. We were. And it turned out that that my comic reading self understands bi-weekly and bisexuality. And Far bi- better than any of us. Purication and bivalves. Yeah. And bicycles. Yes. Go on. <laughs> and we review the things you love today and the things that you might have loved yesterday. My name is Yurchenko Ironcross, and I'm joined by Salto Flick Flack. Hello. I told you you're supposed to call me Mr. Flick Flack. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Well, then I will not respond to Salto Okay, I wasn't going to call you that for the rest of the episode either. It was kind of like a one-off thing. Way, way to mess it up. Sorry. Okay. Well. <laughs> so, guys, Off this is the side B episode. What? Sending you to Parmistan. Parmistan. Do I get to compete? Yes. This is a side B episode, and we're going to talk about Jim Cotta. And, of course, we'll answer our Give Me Five question of the week. We will. Jim Cotta. Jim Cotta. This is a movie that combines karate and gymnastics and... Hence Jim Cotta. Yes. And that could be considered a spoiler if that really mattered at all. If anything mattered at all about this movie. This movie has sucked my will to live, yet I enjoyed it. Uh, it's weird how that happens, isn't it, though? It's like, you know, when they say, like, if a vampire bites you and it, like, drains your life force, it's, like, killing you. But at the same time, it'll be the best, the most blissful feeling you ever have. Mm. It's kind of like that, but you're aware of how bad it is at the time. Anyway, spoilers. We're going to do them. The movie's 487 years old. Mm-hmm. Don't get pissy. Uh, there's a bunch of Cold War stuff. Uh, it's set in a country that... Li- it's set in a country that literally... <laughs> Doesn't and that, and that tag at the end. Yeah, yeah. It's set in a country that literally doesn't exist at all. And it was filmed in a country that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, so I'm pretty sure we're not going to spoil anything good. So let's Probably. talk about Jim Cotta. Let's do it. We'll just jump right in. So Jim Cotta was released on May 3rd of 1985 was directed by Robert Klaus, and it starred Kurt Thomas, who actually just passed away this year. Rob killed him. What did we, what did we figure it was? Was it June? It was June. It was June. June of 2020? Yep. And Kurt Thomas actually was the first American male to win a gold medal in gymnastics. Not, not in the Olympics. It was at World Championships, but he was still the first American male to win any gold medal in gymnastics. He was the world, the world artistic champ in 1978 
Also starred Techi Agbayani, who is a former Playboy Playmate, and Richard Norton, Bob Schott, and Eric Lawson. Hmm. So, and you know I did some research after I found out she was a former Playboy Playmate. That is true. That's what we're calling it now, research. (laughs) He did research three times and, (laughs) and twice the next day. <laughs> so the I synopsis is the, wait real quick i want you to realize that the director of this movie robert klaus also directed enter the dragon oh nice is it though <laughs> and directed game of death maybe not and so nice. uh, and he wrote dragon the bruce lee story which is actually pretty good but mm-hmm. also directed jim Cotta. something happened Hell yeah there. like he lost that or he like owed the the like IRS some money. They're like, <laughs> you know what? I I I'll say this movie wasn't good, but it was kind of enjoyable to watch. This movie had the potential to be a good movie. It really did, and it just wasn't. And I feel like it had the potential to be a good movie, but they they botched literally every thread that would have made it a good movie. So, yeah. And we'll get a chance to talk about all that. So the synopsis is an American gymnast travels to a foreign country to compete in a deadly game, not won by anyone other than a native in more than 900 years. So it kind of sounds like it's like a running man kind of thing. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hunger games. Running, Running Man. Man, Hunger Games, and and essentially that's exactly what it was. It was just very poorly done. Wrapped around a James Bond esque plot with yep. gymnastics. Uh, we do have to tag every single thing we say with gymnastics, with the phrase "with gymnastics." Yes, because that is basically the whole movie. Gymnastics was kind of the the I don't know the hook or the. <sighs> Were, were people like Gaga over gymnastics in 1984? Well, I guess that was kind of like right after Mary Lou Retton, wasn't it? That's true. Was Remember Mary 19- Lou Retton in 1980? 1980, Kurt Thomas yeah. would have been at the Olympics, but we were boycotting it. Right. Because it was in Moscow. That's actually... So 84 was Mary Lou Retton. So this was right after Mary Lou Retton took the gold. It's true. This movie would have been so much better with Mary Lou Retton in it. Yes, it would have. Especially the sex scene. Mm. Oh man, you were drinking. I was hoping I could get you to spray your monitor with Mountain Dew. Nope. <laughs> Damn it. So, so yeah, go ahead. I, I mean, the, the the most I can say about this movie is that there were there were a couple of scenes because I'd seen this when I was a young kid, and there were a couple of scenes that I flat out remembered from this movie, and but they weren't like huge scenes, and I didn't. It was, it was just, it was weird. <laughs> but I, I definitely remembered the pommel horse scene. I think everyone remembers the pommel horse. I never, I, I did not. I've never seen I, this. And I definitely remembered the scene with the guy impaled at the top of the stairs as he was running through the um, village, the, of the, the crazy village. Yeah, the, the crazy village. But yeah. it was. It was definitely an interesting idea combining gymnastics with karate. And they, they leaned very heavily on gymnastics. Mm-hmm. And 
and I don't know who the choreographer was or who the fight choreographer was, but th- it didn't mesh well. Like they, they didn't do a good job of it. I mean, when when you think gymnastics and karate, I mean, I'm thinking ninjas. And yeah, flip around did, a couple times on a bar and then release and do a flying kick. Yes, this dude definitely was not a ninja. Correct. Yeah, he was, was no a ninja. gymnast who occasionally kicked shit. That's that's pretty much. He was a gymnast who was so mesmerizing that he was when he was doing gym that people were walking into his feet despite the fact that they had pitchforks and spikes or and uh, spears. <laughs> the scene like, that re- the scene that really made me laugh was when they first arrived in that city, mm-hmm. and his uh, his escort I guess was shot with an arrow, and he took off after the guys, and he fought like a bunch of guys in the alley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the city that. <laughs> That I wrote down, the city looks like um, the middle sequence of the Indiana Jones stunt spectacular. Yes, absolutely. Yes, it did. And he fought these guys in an alley. And at one point, <laughs> he's fighting this guy, and he does this cartwheel, and the guy just kind of falls over. Yep. <laughs> he didn't even hit him. The guy was just like, oh, <laughs> was like, what just happened? He was just mesmerized and he passed out. That's that's kind of how that worked. Yeah. So like I was was saying, so this movie cold opens and I I I had no idea what this movie was about. I am going to be completely honest. I had heard the term Jim Cotta before mm-hmm. and I actually thought Jim Cotta was something along the lines of like a kumite. So I didn't realize it was a movie I, until you said we have to watch it. <laughs> I thought it was a se- a segment of a movie. You know, like I didn't realize right. it was the title of the movie. I thought it was like, you know, you have to compete in the gym cut up. Yeah. Like a competition or something. Yeah, yeah. Or so when I realized it was a movie, so I, I knew I went in completely cold to this thing and the opening sequence I didn't really like they kind of do that thing where you don't realize it's a game at first. I mean it's people dying anyway, but so they show this part of the game and of course, the actual, the, the real opening of the movie is about a seven-minute view of a unmoving parallel bar forever as the opening credits happen, and then some hands jump up and grab it. <laughs> That's a bold statement. Yet mm-hmm. that unmoving parallel bar was uh, the most interesting thing in the entire movie. Yeah, uh, eh, maybe not. No, the least, okay, we'll say it's the least ridiculous thing in the entire movie. Well, okay. I will give you that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you get the sneak preview of the game, uh, which is, you know, basically Hunger Games, game, uh, uh, Running Man, whatever. Hey, well, it's based off the story of the most dangerous game. Is, mm-hmm. it, is, is that it? Or, or Terrible Game? or uh, a Terrible Game, I think, which apparently I did not do this research, but I well, I guess I did a little bit of it. It is very not similar at all to this movie. No one, one, no gymnastics, no gymnastics. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, and then there. So as I said, I'm going to point this out as we go along, rather than just making a big list. This movie had so many threads that could have been cool, and like there are certain things that you love to see in these kind of movies. Mm-hmm. And a good training montage is one of those things. And this was not a good training montage. And I was all excited because you see this dude, Olympic, whatever, doing gymnastic stuff. And I'm like, okay, they're going to do some cool gym, cool training montage stuff. You meet the trainers. One of them does some things with some commas with like a rope at the end of them. Assuming that you're going to actually see that play a part in the rest of the movie, you don't. 
Like no, like I figured that he was going to have to defeat this guy. No, he just showed off his things, then left. Basically, yep. And then and then in the training montage, he would do all this like really intense training, which was kind of a joke because it was just you know whatever. But then, then the girl who was supposed to be an expert on the game, I thought she was going to be like some kind of fighter or anything. All she ever did was hold up a knife. Yeah. She was like, and she would scowl at him and hold up a knife, and then he would grab it and take it away. And, and I'm like, throw it into like a wall. Yeah, I'm like, what the hell is this girl's point? Oh, she's the love interest. Okay. Yeah. And that escalated so, quickly. She jumped right into bed with him during yeah, the she was training like, montage. Held up a knife a couple <laughs> times, and then made out with them and they like kissed her and I was like, uh, is that a thing? Um, there was, uh, there was a couple sequences in this training montage of him walking upstairs mm-hmm. on his hands, on his hands. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, was a scene that they showed over and over again from the top down. He was wearing small shorts. I'm pretty sure that, that, that I could see balls. I'm just saying. Yeah. There was very, there was, there was some, some chewing gum in them shorts and and there was there was gratuitous gymnastics in this movie like (laughs) like unnecessary gymnastics and the 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 first scene that i was like okay now now we're now we're just showing off was when he came up to talk to her in the bedroom and she wouldn't Mm -hmm. talk to him so he played both parts of the conversation but to play the other to play her part of the conversation he did like this backflip half twist thing Mm -hmm. to spin around and then he would say her voice and then he would do a backflip half twist around to face her and do his part. And then he would do a, and he just kept going back and forth. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is dumb. Why? What? Okay. It's like the gymnastics version of like, I don't know. You had a different college experience than me. Um, and, uh, but I don't know if you ever had that person that knew how to play guitar and like whatever, whenever what girls were around, they would be like, Hey, they would find yeah, they would find a reason. Yeah, yeah, which is funny because like every college has that. Like it's so much so that it's in the movie Animal House, something very similar. The guitar, yeah, it's like you'd be talking to a bunch of friends, and you know, it'd be like friends from out of town, and there happens to be girls there, and all of a sudden, guitar guy comes in, you're like, fuck. So it's like gymnastics guy, or like, like a girl that can do a split. If you're hanging out with people and like, look what I can do, like, yeah, we know. Jennifer, we know that you can do a split. You've done it 400 times. We, also, Rob cares. would now like your phone number. Split nobody girl. cares. No, I, that's not impressive. Nobody cares. <laughs> uh, we we did skip a little bit. Uh, they I want to mention this because it's going to come up later. They kind of make it look like it's in medieval times at the beginning. Kind of. Yeah. I did, I did. And remember, I know nothing about this movie. so they, should, they Well, other than the fact that the credit scene opens with parallel bars. I don't yeah. think that was a medieval times thing. Yeah, well, that's not, but the the country is set in the olden times. That's their that's their way, and you meet Zamir, who is like almost like the Grand Vizier for this uh, leader of this of Parmistan, and he rides up and he looks kind of like um, Chuck Norris in a jacket made out of like a furry bath mat, and I'm like, okay, yeah. this guy, and that stupid ass braid on the back of his head. What the hell was that? Like this guy kind of looks important, maybe, but you know, it turns out he is the the big bad kind of. So, and he's the advisor for Mel Brooks. And there's also some inexplicable uh, 
ninjas holding flags, which I have to learn about later and we'll have to talk about later. The good old flag ninjas. Yeah, the, the trail marker guys. Yeah. And a lot of people getting, uh, you meet a character and there's a 50-50 chance every character you meet is going to immediately dive via arrow. Very, very, very closely, yeah. And they spell that out very early in which a character named Cabot, which, again, something that will come back later. You meet him. I think he he tries to climb across a rope and he, in quotes, dead by arrow. We're going to get angry spoiler emails. (gasps) Dun, dun, dun. So, but Cabot turns out to be the main character's father, and he's entering the contest basically to do what his father couldn't. I, I'm still not sure on that because I he thinks his father's dead, so mm-hmm. he enters this contest that killed his father in order to, I guess, I don't know, find out what happened to him or find out why he didn't well, make it. Or joking aside, like the the dude has really no. They just basically tell him, "Hey, you're going to do this." And he has he has no emotion really throughout the whole thing. Like he's he sees people that he allied himself with died. He's like, oh, okay. He'll say their name. Like, uh oh. Hey hey Thorg, I've really admired you since Munich. Is it that or like who's the buddy like Garcia or something that he became friends with and then he dies? He's like, Oh, well, I guess I gotta keep going. Did you did you totally I wrote this down in my notes. When his buddy died, when that guy dies. And, and he walks up to him. That's at the scene where the guy got shot with the arrow and he went and fought the guys in the alley and he comes back yeah. and the guy is dead on the ground. When he looks at the body, <laughs> the freaking background noise is one of those doing. I'm like, <laughs> that was that was an odd choice for a sound effect. <laughs> Why did we do that? <laughs> Whose saying, choice was that? Since you mentioned it. This movie has the worst sound effect. I don't want to say the worst sound editing because we've watched movies where you couldn't hear anything at all. Mm-hmm. But this movie has some of the worst sound effects choices of any movie I've ever seen. It's really? almost like they did the sound effects via like one of those CDs of like, you know, 150 Hollywood sound effects. And they're like, oh, shit, that was in the wrong spot. Rewind. Do it again. Yeah. <laughs> ah, like, fuck it. That's close enough. Yeah, like the Boeing thing, the, the you know, the there's a machine gun attack in a room that's basically a library with wooden shelves and books everywhere. And you hear that echoing in like the cavernous concrete, like alleyway mm-hmm. machine gun sound The every single punch, it could be a punch like, you know, 30 feet away from the camera. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, like really like. I wish we had the sound effects buttons because I would have loaded it up with like sound effects and just like it is awful. Like every sound effect is terrible and it makes the movie better. (laughs) It does. Uh, They're really hitting each other. I would say most of my notes are about, uh, whoa, wow. That's not a note that I meant to write. (laughs) Wow. Every note, my thing is about the sound effects being terrible. Um, the note that I, I tried to write dental hygiene, not so big in this country but I wrote fetal hygiene not so big in this country. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe that too. That's because I type it on my iPad. Uh, So, okay. So uh, let's talk a little bit about how they missed the boat yet again. What is the second most important thing of every single spy movie? What, What sequence do you have to have before you go on your mission? 
You I, know this. Every James I, Bond movie, Austin I Powers guess. even. No, no, no. Before, before they go on the mission, they meet up with a scientist guy, and he and, hands them. And they get cool shit. They quit get gadgets. Knowing full well that each one of those gadgets, every single one, is going to get used at some point in a clever way. You know, the pen is going to explode when the guy clicks it too many times, or mm-hmm. you know, the laser beam is going to be used to cut through a bottom of a train or whatever. In this movie, they, of course, show him like the spring-loaded blade and a couple other little gadgets. That are never mentioned again. Never again. In fact, like... <laughs> it's like, what, what was that for? They weren't even all that cool, but I was still disappointed. Like, okay, I could I could see someone get take a, you know, spring-loaded blade at 20 feet, which, by the way, based on watching it, it I don't think it would have killed someone at 20 feet, but doesn't matter. Uh, so they, they screwed up on the montage, which they should have, you know, which should have been awesome. And they screwed up on the weapons and gadgets. Mm-hmm. Also, right after this point, when I was already disappointed and I, I wrote uh, something about uh, this looks older than an 80s movie. And it also looks like a stunt show at Hollywood Studios. And right then my phone dinged and I looked down and it was my it was my bank account letting me reminding me that I just spent three dollars on this in Amazon. <laughs> so I was like so I was sitting alone oh. in my bedroom and I said, Ah, oh, fuck you, Rob. <laughs> God oh, damn it. Fifteen yes. minutes fifteen minutes into the movie. I was horribly disappointed and then it was like, by the way. $3 of hard-earned money went to this. And then I found mm-hmm. out afterwards that it's actually on YouTube for free, by the way. Which I didn't Oh, is check. it really? I didn't even Cuz check. I I checked YouTube and I it, all I saw was the the rental one. Hmm. Maybe uh, maybe it got taken off. I don't know. I saw it. I was I was reading a story about it and they're like, "You can watch this on YouTube for free." Hmm. What? You're like, "Damn it." Yep. That happened to me with one of Jimmy's movies too, by the way. <laughs> getting like, them oh, I'm sorry, I can't believe you're paying for it. I was like, this was a total piece of crap. And he was like, yeah, it was free on... I was like, are you effing serious? <laughs> Shit. Now, here's where we... Get, so they get to this this country. I get, The point is, this dude is supposed to go do this competition. If you do the competition, you get to make a wish, basically. You get to get something. And in this case, the wish is very 80s. Very, very 80s. It is the to be able to open up a first alert warning system to protect us from Russia in this Star Wars defense system. Yeah, Star Wars defense system, which was actually unveiled around this time and was pretty controversial at the time. Um, you know, to put up the station here. So that's why this guy is risking his life. And of course, he's also doing it because his father died there, I guess. And now and because he, he loves the girl. And yes. the girl who is in no way resembles her father whatsoever. Her father looked like an old Jewish white guy, and she was Filipino. Yeah, let's, I'm let's, like, how the how the hell is she his daughter? The girl <laughs> is she adopted. The girl is the is the princess of Parmistan. Right. And by the way, we need to open up a restaurant based on bad movies, and I would love to invent the Parmistan sandwich. It Can sounds I, like, like a, chicken parmesan. I, I yeah, that's say. what it have to be. It would have to be like a some sort of like cross between grilled cheese sandwiches and chicken parmesan, like just mm-hmm. delicious. Par- oh man, I gotta have one. But yeah, so the girl, uh, very clearly Filipina, and the actress is, as you said, 
the father looks like Uncle Leo from Seinfeld, as you said, or, Jewish. Or Mel Brooks. Yeah, looks a little, a little Mel Brooks-like. And he's got a hell of a comb-over, dude. Did you see that? Yeah, and quite the nose as well. His comb-over starts at the top of his ear. <laughs> and he brushes it all the way over. I was like, damn, dude. Just just let it go. Let it yeah. Go. Uh, also, so here's one of the things, like, when you're when you don't know what these movies are all about, he was a really jovial king. He was actually not evil. No, not at all. But he ran this horrifying game in which people died, prisoners died, villagers died. Mm-hmm. But he was like kind of nice dude. It's like, well, why are you like they didn't do anything to make him seem evil, which is fine, but it's just a weird way of doing things. Mm-hmm. So I, I was a little confused there. Um, and then of course, very, very confused that the very different Filipino looking actress was his daughter. Um, not so sure what happened there. But yeah, you know, Rob, and knows, they, Rob they knows all, all about her. Uh, you know, because he was, of course, reading all the articles in Playboy about her. Yeah, they never explained anything. In fact, they never even explained the uh, the heavy. The one that was also in the game or the bat or the yeah, the, the one who was also in the game. It's yeah, like, no, they didn't. What? It, it, all of a sudden, he's he's the main antagonist in the um, inside the game. Like while while um, while Kurt Thomas is running around doing his doing his little flippies, um, he's facing <laughs> off against this guy. And we have no idea why. And we have no idea what this guy's motivation is. He's in there, and then he just dies, and that's it. I'm like, and it's not even Kurt who kills him. I was like, what? Yeah, he. I, I don't. What did he? Why was he, he there? Had the, the feeling of like an like the in like a gladiator movie or a, some sort of movie with that type of violence or so, that type of competition. Like he was the favorite, mm-hmm. and that like ever. Oh, he's gonna be one. He's the one to beat, but. The thing is, no one's ever beaten the game before. So it's not like there's a grand champion that's done this before and, like, is accepting all challengers. He's right. just another person that's there. and is Just some dude. And is large and bulbous and strange. <laughs> yeah, he was a big dude. Yeah. And he died with the pigs. Yep. Yes, he did. It... Yeah, there was, there was, there was a lot that I was just like, "What, what?" Now, there was yeah. uh, where where I wrote uh, fetal hygiene is not so big in this country. There was a sequence, I think, right after he right after he gets to the country, he, he gets gets hit in the head. Oh, it's after the the alleyway fight when mm-hmm. the person is like stupid American and throws a cup of water piss. Uh, whatever ejaculate Something. whatever onto him after birth who knows <laughs> and, and he, he wakes <laughs> he oh uh wakes God. up in a bed with a woman with like a tooth like <laughs> grooming, like grooming <laughs> him totally and she was just like Ooh. he's like Ooh. i forget what she said but like it's she didn't it say off. anything she didn't talk oh yeah she, she had just no made noises yeah, noises mm-hmm. was like rubbing him and he like went from like being like what the hell are you doing to me to like Okay. And go he on. laid back. <laughs> I like, go on. Like, I was like, uh, what? All right. 
I've made some bad, I've made some bad decisions in my life on that, that side of things. And no, just no, no, (laughs) no, I, I will say with all of this that we've been talking about, there were a couple of things that actually caught me and caught my interest. I, I, other than the Filipino princess. Well, yeah, other than that, I, I mean, I liked the idea. I mean, I, maybe I just like these, these kind of like death game kind of things. Like uh, Running Man, and um, I didn't see it, but I want to say that Ready or Not was kind of similar. And like all of these like game show ones where people are like fighting for their lives, and um, you know all these ones where people are hunted by these rich people or whatever. Yeah, I I, I like a lot of the, those. The one I the one I the first time I ever saw a movie like that, other I guess that's a Running Man. It was like the most dangerous game or something with like Ice T or Ice Cube. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was always big on those, but I, but I like I like the premise. I like the idea. I I don't think they really pulled it off. They didn't focus enough on the game for them to pull that off. Um, but the other thing that I actually really liked about this movie was I was really digging the the like Europe European village setting that they had. Yeah for for a lot of the for a lot of the scenes the it, it gave it it gave it a very interesting ambiance, very interesting. And it was feel. like legit too. It wasn't like I said, it was actually, this was actually filmed in Yugoslavia. Yeah. Now, it, the fact that the two things that we know of from Yugoslavia are this and the Yugo, it mm-hmm. explains a lot considering that's like, that was like a real place. I don't know where, but. And they had, they had like these narrow cobble streets with these, with these old white buildings, like whitewashed buildings and it, it just gave it a really interesting look. Like once they got to those to those scenes, like when he was walking through the village of the crazies, which was which was actually a really nice sequence. I liked it a lot. And the, the pommel horse was a good idea. The the whole pommel horse uh, attack scene, except for the fact that it was a pommel horse. It should have been like a thing that you tie horses on or something. Yeah. But did you notice that they used the exact same cut like four times? Oh yeah. I was like, "All right, guys, you, you, you really don't. Th- this scene isn't that long. You really don't think I'm going to notice the exact same scene four times? Mm-hmm. Come on." So, well, since you mentioned it, let's talk about the actual game. Okay. So, so this game, this this obstacle course, it was what they they start off. They run through some corn, right? Yeah. Now. <laughs> I, I was really tired when I wrote this, and I don't remember why, <laughs> but it's it's making me laugh looking at it. I think they had a bunch of the the ninjas in there with the the flag ninjas, and mm-hmm. I wrote the I wrote Klu Klux Corn. I wrote Klu Klux Corn. <laughs> <laughs> they were wearing pointed hats, the like black pointed hats, and I think they had to make them black because if they made them white, it was going to be absolutely yeah. horrendous. Like ah, like, oh, so the running of the Klu Klux Corn. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm God. funny. I'm funny at one fifteen in the morning when I'm exhausted. There you go. And then they do. They go ahead and they have to do climb up a rope. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't know what happened here. I did write. I wrote gymnasty, and I'm I'm not sure why I wrote gymnasty. Something had to happen right before. And I'm not sure why he wouldn't use oh, his. Oh, feet. I know why. Because the um, there was a like uh, they showed his ass for a long period of time in camera. That's where I wrote. I oh. wrote it was a gymnasty ass shot. That's why. There you go. 
But I don't know why he wouldn't, like, if he was trying to get up quick, I don't know why he wouldn't use his feet and he'd just pull himself hand over hand with his legs sticking straight out. Mm-hmm. It's just to show off. Fucking dick. <laughs> so they climb up rope, then they have to go go across a rope, like, bridge thing. And then mm-hmm. they have to go through the village of the crazies. Yep. And I was There's hoping... There's like a trek through the woods, too, at some point. Yeah, I was hoping that you would you didn't do it because you wanted some positive news stories. But I was hoping you were going to do the villages story that I had with sent the you, old lady with the old lady crashing into something, so I could make and, a joke about the village. Herself. The village of the crazies. They have just shortened that to the villages in Florida. But there you go. Alas, I cannot bring that into the previous episode. But I'm going to do it anyway. Um. Yeah, as they run through the village of the crazies, uh, there there were some people. Uh, they did some crazy things. The the guy that grabs a pole and then cuts off his own hand. I'm not sure what yeah. that was about. Do we know why? Well, he was insane. Oh, but you would think that. We, so we were just lucky enough to see that one moment of his life. Because mm-hmm. if he'd been insane, he was, you know, in his 40s. Or maybe it was like, it was because of like the hard life he lived. Maybe he was like 16. We just got to him early. But, you know, they he cut he cut off his own hand. Just grabbed a pole, cut off his own hand. And then they did that extended shot of it. It's like, ugh. Yep. And then the um, dude with the two faces. I, I don't know what the dude with the two faces was about. Yeah, like, you see him standing there, and his face looks weird. And then it turns out that he's facing the wall with a human face, like, mask, or maybe skin. I don't know. I think they said they were cannibals, right? Mm-hmm. Like, wearing it on the back of his head. And then he turns around, and I'm like, well, does it matter? Like, <laughs> you know, if it, they, they already saw you there. It's not like you were hiding the fact that you were facing a different direction. Right. Well, I, one thing I will say that I noticed, and I wish they'd done it like one or two more times. There was a, that there was a scene where where he was fighting that guy, and he punched him, and the dude did a did a flip around like a, a three sixty spin, oh. and it looked weird because it was face face face. I was like, oh okay, <laughs> interesting. It, it had an interesting look when he did that three sixty spin, but he mm-hmm. only did it once, and I was like. Oh, I would have liked to have seen that again. Oh well. And then the uh, there was, of course, the I'm um, <laughs> I was looking at the, my notes. There were there was two dogs that decided to join them. Then the chasing of the people through the village. Mm-hmm. So there's two moderately angry looking dogs chasing them. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a couple old ladies looking outside of windows, mm-hmm. and I get the feeling that they were actually not actors. They were just really looking outside of windows at the crazy Americans. Like, what is doing going on? Crazy Americans doing gymnastics in the middle of the, the village. Um, there, there was a guy that looked like, he actually looked like a monk from game of Thrones. Um, and he got punched. I liked. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Oh yeah. The other big thing, uh, the, the, uh, so I'm watching this. And all I could think of as he was running through the village of the crazies, as bad as this movie is, I want a village of the crazy scare zone at <laughs> Halloween Horror Nights. That would be awesome. The same setting, just random people doing random. I would, I would crap. almost prefer it to be a haunted house. So you're more like pinned in. Yeah. So that you have to walk through those narrow streets. Yeah, <laughs> we lost so much money last year, so we could only afford to buy the rights to Jim Cotta. <laughs> we do a Jim Cotta haunted house. Hell yeah! They always have like that one haunted house that is like a difficult area to access. 
you know, like the where the angled wall or the you have to crawl mm-hmm. lower. If this mm-hmm. one, you actually have to go across a rope. There you go. <laughs> like uh, do a, a pommel horse to get in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, and then, of good. course, he's rescued by his dad, who for some inexplicable reason is dressed as one of the the Ku Klux Corn guys. Yes, and he's we like, don't yeah. know why. They never really explain it. He's like, hey, son, I've been here for 20 years. Why? And then? And then he gets shot. <laughs> yeah, he's like, son, I was, I knew you'd get here. So you knew it'd go to a random country that no one's been to in years, theoretically. To do this competition that kills everybody, the dad is happy to see him. Like, oh, you're risking your life to for whatever reason. And then he gets hit by an arrow and dies, right? He got hit by an arrow, right? He did. I don't think yeah. he died, though, because I think he was still there at the end. He was draped over a horse at the end. Yeah. So he's either dead or dying, but they never usually... Okay, well, I'm saying usually, but that's in competent movies. In competent movies, they would show him getting medical attention rather than just the movie stopping with, you know, he won, and now there's a Star Wars early warning station. <laughs> It was like, what? You couldn't have just put like a little And it was like there. super abrupt too. It was like, ha yeah. ah, it was like one of those freeze frames where they jump up and freeze midair. And then it was like, we mm. won the contest. And now there's a Star Wars defense station. Roll Why crack. did it go slow motion what? for so damn long? Like You talking looks- about the scene with the village of the crazies? Yeah. Like it goes slow motion. And I was like, this isn't making me feel suspense because it keeps going. I was like, I was enraged. I actually was able to write how angry I was multiple times because it was going so slow. Like, I think it's when he's climbing up the wall. It's right before he meets his father, right? Or sees his father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And it's like, usually if they do a slow motion scene, it's like, okay, you see the guy is getting to the top of the rope and someone's pulling back an arrow about to let it loose. And then they show the slow motion. And then they speed it up right at the end and you see the arrow hit the wall where he's gone or whatever. This was like the whole sequence. Oh my God. Slow motion dogs, slow motion villagers. Slow well, they were trying. They were trying humans. to meet a certain minute quota on the movie. I think. Yeah, that's true. Like, hey, uh, don't want to say anything bad here, but we uh, checked the movie, and it's like fifty-eight minutes. <laughs> like, we need this to we be need, longer. We need it to be sixty. Can you stretch it out somewhere? Yeah, we need. Mm, I, th- I think I can do that. We can do five minutes of slow motion. Ugh, kill me. But we, but we, we can't film any new scenes. What can you do? Yeah. Yugoslavia has had a civil war and we're not allowed back. So we got to do this. Can't you just do some more flips? No. Uh, Jim caught. uh... Yeah. It wasn't good, but it was surprisingly entertaining. It is uh, hilariously bad, which and when things are hilarious in any way, shape or form. Uh, it also has a significant amount of furry hats, which is a positive. The Kings it, is very impressive. Yeah, nice furry hats. It has some, some of that. It's got uh, a medieval setting. It's it's like a Middle Eastern medieval uh, Russian something setting, which is mm-hmm. weird. It's got reinforced like an, by his fuzzy hat. His fuzzy yeah. hat. To- I totally thought he was Russian. It's got. Um, an inexplicable backstory, like about the the twenties or whatever, where it's like the people that want to 
bring it to the bring the country to the modern era is the young generation yeah and like mm-hmm. that's that's there but it doesn't really matter <laughs> and it's and got is a dictator who's trying to overthrow the king and yeah it's got a, a, a vizier that's trying to stage a coup so it's you know it's got all those things um so so what else do you have to say about the wonderful Jim Cotta? I I don't know that I have a whole lot to say about Jim Cotta. I do have I do have a couple of like uh historical nuggets for you though. Ooh. Because one of the things we've started doing is is just giving people an idea of what else was going on at the time that the movie was released. So the the week that this movie was released, which was April 28th to May 4th, this movie was released on May 3rd. Uh, on April 28th, Fernando Venezuela sets a record of 41 scoreless innings to start a season. Ooh. A little bit of sports stuff there. Uh, on the on April 29th, the 17th, the 17th Space Shuttle mission, Challenger 7, launched. Ranger Larry Parrish is fifth to hit three home runs in a game in both leagues. So I'm so man with all of this baseball news, you'd be surprised the makers of Jim Cotta didn't be like, ah, I have an idea. Bat exactly. Cotta. It's well, karate with bats. The the other interesting thing was that there were a couple of nuclear tests that week. Ooh. France performed a nuclear test at Moroa Atoll, and the US performed a nuclear test at their Nevada test site. And then and then France did another one the following day. It was kind of like, you know, countries were were posturing a little bit um but also on april 30th was apparently the nfl draft and that was the day that the buffalo bills drafted bruce smith as the first overall pick and bruce smith had a wonderful career oh yeah but also significant was that on may 1st of 1985 reagan ended the embargo against nicaragua they maybe they could have put that that station there in Nicaragua, and they wouldn't have had to like send gymnasts to do a death race. And and in movie news, May fifth or I'm sorry, May third. Yeah, May third. Yeah, May third, nineteen eighty five was actually the date on the five million dollar check in the James Bond movie of View to a Kill. Is this true? The movie is released on that day. What's that? Movies also released on the same day. Yes. Private Resort, which we've covered. We have. That's crazy. Gotcha. Gotcha, which we should cover. Movers and Shakers. Pumping Iron 2, The Women, and Future Kill. These were all movies that were released on the same day as Jim Cotta. Well, this, this type of riveting conversation about terrible movies. You could be part of this. You could not, be. not not you, Rob. You already are part of it, uh, like a large part of it. Am I though? You are. You <laughs> you you pick you pick the movie, so you're really. I, I made you pay three dollars for this. Yeah, so you're a big part of it. You'll be hearing from my attorney. Uh, speaking of, anyway, yeah, this is you guys could be a part of this fun. We have a Patreon. You can become a patron of the show for just mm-hmm. five dollars. You can help guide the show. You can support the show. You can find out about the movies we're going to watch, about the question that we're about to ask 
as well as a bunch of other fun things. Thank you to our patrons, including our patron. I'm going to say patron of distinction because okay. he has sent in a voicemail for our question. And we will discuss that in a second. He has. And uh, that is patreon.com slash give me five podcast. I think I need to scroll up to see. Uh, sure. We'll say that's that. Patreon.com slash give me five podcast. Excellent. I should memorize that. So the, the name of the podcast is the give me five podcast. Rob, tell them why. Because at the end of every episode, we do our give me five list. And I think our Give Me Five list this week, in honor of all the terrible henchmen in the movie, is going to be, we want to know your top five movie henchmen. Excellent. Now we have a little bit of time here. We do. I, I want to ask, just, we always go into the question with our own opinions about things. We usually discuss it, but, so what did you consider when you considered a henchman? I... Honestly, I wanted it, it wasn't until after I started like trying to figure out who I wanted to include on the list that I really thought about making some some specifications. Okay. And when I say movie henchmen, I would have wanted it, and I did I did not present this to the to the patrons. Yeah, so, so no one so their lists are completely valid. Their lists are completely valid. But I would have preferred to exclude, like, groups of henchmen. Okay, that's that's what I took into account, too. Like, yes, so the, I, the I would, minions or, uh, I don't know. Or the or, Foot Clan. Yeah, that's... Or, yep. you, you know, just, just general groups. Or the, like, the, the, the butterflies from the Monarch in the Venture Brothers. His henchmen. Yeah, or those, those, fly, uh, those other flying things from the Justice League movie. Yes. Which was lame anyway. They wouldn't have won anyway. So fuck them. Yes. And and they would I would have preferred for them to not have been the the big bad for the movie. They have to be, in fact, a henchman. They can't be the main villain of the movie. Okay, so we were on the same page. Yeah, the only other thing that and it's probably the same thing is what you said. I want to know very little about him other than what his current task is. Like the bad guy wants him to do X. I don't need to know his. I don't know his backstory, and I know that he just is doing terrible things to accomplish something. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. was kind of. I don't want to know that, like. Well, he's doing it because of this, because then he becomes a main character and not just a henchman, That's right? In my mind, right. Excellent. So let's. We're gonna do something a little different here. We're gonna start off with some of our patrons. I just talked about them. We got two voicemails. Uh, we don't have the sound effects machine because the sound effects machine is getting married. So I'm going to play this from my phone and hope that it doesn't sound horrible. Oh, uh, my God. So, listeners, you, you're going to hear something new. on this. I have not had a chance to test this at all. So, so let's uh, see if this works. Hello, give me five podcasts. Uh, top five henchmen. This is Alec. Number five, I picked Gogo from Kill Bill. I thought she was pretty a uh, fun hench, henchwoman in this case, but uh, mm-hmm. pretty violent and, and fearless. Number four, I put Gary Busey from Lethal Weapon. Mr. Okay. Joshua, he was uh, quite the henchman. Even allowed his boss to burn him to make a point, burn his hand. Uh, number three, 
Daniel Kaluuya, I can't remember what his character's name is in this movie, but it's Widows. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie, but he was excellent in it and a very dangerous computer. I do not know that movie. Any other performance oh. I've seen him in. Number two is Carl from Die Hard. He um, obviously is the henchman that just won't die. And then number one is Frank Nitti from The Untouchables. Uh, anybody who kills Sean Connery probably deserves to be listed on the henchman list. All right, hope you like it. Thanks. Bye. Man, he said that like three weeks ago. He would have been the one that killed Sean Connery. It wouldn't have been one of us. Good list. Yes, excellent list. That was Alec, our patron of distinction. Uh, Drop in in the henchman bomb uh, on us with a few ones that I do not have on my list. Um, I I try not to listen to these messages beforehand because I don't want it to skew my list. And let's see here. Uh, crap. The app has closed. Oh, no. There we go. We've got Adriana. And she has dropped a list. This one's interesting. Because there's a little bit of a twist, I think. Hi, my handsome lover nerds. She's talking about well, me. saying handsome, even though I don't I haven't met all of you yet. But um, totally Adriana... Hi, I'm, I'm calling in my top five. It's probably not what you want to hear. Yes, it is. Because I'm doing my top five um, henchmen from Disney movies. Yay. Okay, totally so qualifies. If you play this, great. If you don't, then you can still laugh at me. I don't care. Um, so We're going to play Number it. five. <laughs> Some of these are like a couple or three some more, you know. Stuff like that. But number five are going to be Anastasia and Drizella from Cinderella. Um, Obviously, they're horrible, mean bitches. Um, (laughs) Number four, it's um, Floatsen and Jetsen from The Little Mermaid. The two little eels. Totally hench. And they do everything that Ursula tells them to do. Um, Number three is my threesome. Chenzi, Banzai, and Ed, the three mm-hmm. hyenas from The Lion King. Okay. You and know, oddly enough, they're bad, but um, they end up, you know, turning on their boss. Um, number two is going to be Iago, just because of... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I think my phone... It wasn't over. My phone just timed out. Voice, and he did such a good job. And then my number one henchman is going to be Kronk, because even though I he's love Kronk. bad and does everything that it tells him to do, um, I just love him. He's funny and kind of sweet. Uh, but anyways, so those are my five guys, my henchmen from the movies or whatnot. Um, okay, love you all. Bye. Excellent list, Adriana. And we love you, too. We love you, too, Adriana. Uh, Kronk freaking rules. And we do have a list that was sent to me. Ooh. From The Jubals. Hello, Matt. His list is as follows. At number five, he had the minions from Despicable Me. And I remember, like I said, those the specifications were not listed prior to, so all of these are valid choices. We should still make fun At of them. No- yeah. At number four, he had Gogo Yubari from Kill Bill. At number three, one that hadn't been mentioned yet, I believe, is Odd Job. Yep. 
from Goldfinger. At number two, he had Carl Vresky from Die Hard. And his number one, God damn you, Jubals. His number one is Count Tyrone Rugen. Do you know what that's from? Only because I've done research, but he is uh, from Princess Bride. He is. He stole my number one. Bad. <laughs> well, my computer is slowing down for whatever reason. I'm trying to... Uh, there we go. I'm trying to get my list up here. Thank you, Matt. I'm going to go now. And, man... I gotta. I guess I gotta do a one of our good old fashioned five uh, A, mm-hmm. yeah, or five B, because we Bob the goon from Batman. If, yep, from Batman seemed like he would be a much more important character because he was one of the first toys they released from the Batman nineteen eighty nine movie, and we were kids ish. We were in middle school. And everyone was freaking out about that movie coming out. And the first thing we saw was this dude named Bob the Goon. He does a couple things. He mostly hands the Joker stuff, but so we're, we'll put him in there as five A. Mm-hmm. Now, five B is going to be uh, Major Arnold Tot. Okay, from Indiana Jones. You you might know him as you might know him as the guy that burns a logo into his hand and melts his face. Mm-hmm. So, that guy. Uh, number four, again, it's been mentioned a lot. Carl Vresky from Die Hard. And what's funny is I didn't even know his name. I didn't even know he had a name. But when I, st- I started making this list, I was like, blonde guy from Die Hard that dies a lot. And, and yet doesn't die. Up. Yeah. My number three, the funniest of the henchmen, and mentioned already, Kronk. Nice. From The Emperor's New Groove. I love Kronk. The reason my computer was slowing down because I was looking up Kronk quotes. The poison. No, I like the, the poison. The one, poison for Cusco. The poison chosen specifically to kill Cusco. Cusco's poison. That just, I don't know. Good. His delivery is so freaking good. Squeaky, and squeak, 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 squeak. <laughs> yes, I do that when I talk to the hamster, actually. <laughs> uh, hamster thinks I'm an idiot, but you know. Whatever. And I have the benefit of uh, it's Patrick Warburton is the voice. And I had uh, seats that were one row better than him when I went to a Pearl Jam concert nice. out in Los Angeles that I stayed at Rob's house to go Excellent. see when he lived out there. Excellent. Yeah. And I looked back and there was Patrick Warburton one row and one seat over for me. So my seat was just a little better than his. But he was a nice guy. Um, that's where I was number three. Number two, Luca Brasi from mm-hmm. The Godfather. Had to have a have to have a Godfather in there. He he gets things done. He has a bunch of emotional scenes and violent scenes and everything. And number one, and this one is in honor of, honor of my father, who is a huge James Bond fan, and his favorite James Bond villain was Jaws, one of the villains that fe- was featured in two James Bond movies. Uh, he was in Spy Who Loved Me and Moonraker. Mm-hmm. Um, he had giant. Spike teeth that were apparently stronger than normal. He bit through a cable car cable and also bit a damn shark. And he was my dad's favorite. Every time he showed up my screen on the screen, my dad would be like, that's a big dude. That's a big dude. Which is funny because that was pretty much his part in um, Happy Gilmore as well. It's the same yep. actor that was 
I believe you have Mr. Gilmore's jacket. <laughs> yep. So, Mr. Richard Keel, rest in peace. Jaws is my number one. Henchman. Nice. Good list. Solid list. I believe all of my lists has been mentioned except for one of them. Oh. But I did have a couple of honorable mentions. And like I said, I didn't want to include large groups. There are, however, a couple of characters in a group that would qualify. And that would be the Death Eaters. There were a couple of characters who were Death Eaters that would qualify. Such as... Uh. Um, Crazy hair. Oh my god. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um I want to say maleficent, but that is absolutely not I right. I can't believe I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, You're gonna have to edit this out. No, I'm keeping this in. Holy uh, shit. I and all I keep thinking is oh Bellatrix Lestrange. Because all I kept thinking was Bella Lugosi, and I'm like, well, that's not right. <laughs> So you've got Bellatrix and you've got uh, uh, Malfoy, Mr. Malfoy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I would consider Snape a henchman because he was actually pl- he was a double agent. Mm-hmm. But one of the big honorable mentions, and I have to I have to name him by name because he made a career out of playing henchmen, and that's Al Leong. Is that the bald guy with long it hair? It is the bald guy, the Chinese guy with the long, with the bald head and the long hair. Everything we've seen him die was, more times. Oh my god! Everything he was in, he played the henchman. I swear to God, everything he was See, in. We've seen him get his ass beat, like fall off of balconies. Enzo, get hit him again. Stuff. Yep, he was the guy using the electricity and lethal weapon. Hit him again, Enzo. <laughs> so, Aleong. Honorable mention because everything he did, he was a henchman. Yeah, you, you you can't have a henchman list without at least mentioning him. So I'll get into my regular list. At number five, I'll put Carl Fresky from Die Hard. At number four, my my number four and number three, no henchman list is complete without these two. They've already been mentioned, but that's going to be Odd Job and Luca Brasi. You can't have a henchman list without Odd. In fact, Oddjob was the first person I thought of when when I came up with this list. I was like, fucking Oddjob. I mean, how can you have a henchman list without Oddjob? Well, his name basically is what a henchman does. He does the Oddjob. Right, right. You can't have a henchman list without Oddjob. So Oddjob is at number four. I've got Luca Brasi at number three. At number two, and... I kind of broke my own rule here. However, because this was a group, but it was in fact a distinct group and it was just a trio. But they all were individuals and they all participated and they all had their own powers and everything. And that's going to be the three storms. Do you know what movie they're from, Greg? I do Rain, not. thunder, and lightning. You listen to the old pork chop express on a dark and stormy night. Oh, gotcha. When some yeah, we watch this. When some eight foot tall wild eyed maniac grabs the back of your head and taps, or grabs the back of your neck, taps the back of your favorite head up against a barroom wall, looks you crooked in the eye, and asks you if you paid your dues. 
National Lampoon's Christmas That's Vacation. That's exactly correct. But no, it's going to be the three storms from Big Trouble in Little China. Okay. But my number one, damn you, Jubals. My number one is going to be Count Rugen from The Princess Bride. I knew that was going to be one in your list, so I left it out of my mentions. So we had a couple well, of really guys. good lists. Yeah. All of them really good, except for Jubals. He knows what he did. You know what you did, Jubals. Jubals is our official uh, person that we like to mess with. Now, this is usually something we only tell patrons, but I'm feeling festive, Rob. I'm feeling nice and kind. Festive is for the rest of us. I am. I've got a lot of problems with you people. Oh, boy. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead, and I'm going to tell you people what the movie is for next week. Mm. The, the crappy movie that for just to bring on the Christmas cheer, and I apologize in advance because I have not seen this movie. But it is going to be called Elves. It was made in 1989. Where can we find it? It involves not. It was. It involves Nazis and elves Excellent. and Santa. I All guess. All things that go together without question. Selective breeding, because that's always not controversial. Uh, that is actually available in full on YouTube, as far as I can see. Oh hell yeah! Uh, it is. Uh, if you look up elf, where can I watch elves movie? You can find it on YouTube. And you can watch all 128 minutes of terrible, terrible movies. Uh, and it has 283 thumbs up. Um, and the first, com- first comment is, when there is no more room in hell, the elves will walk the earth. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that sounds right up our alley. So I, I'm thinking it's going to be a Christmas-themed, hol- uh, Christmas-themed December because I think my mine the following week is going to be Santa Jaws. Oh boy. <laughs> Jimmy's getting out lucky on this one. So guys, if you want to watch elves for next Monday, feel free to do so. And then you'll know what the hell we're talking about. I'm pretty sure there's less gymnastics in this next movie. I, I would bet there is. So that's that. Um, what else? Let's see here. Uh, thank you for listening. If you guys want to get in touch with us, you can email us at give me five podcast at gmail.com. If you're looking for last minute Christmas gifts, you can just check us out on GiveMeFivePodcast.Threadless.com. Always cool new stuff on there. Hoodies and shirts and cool designs. Check it out. Uh, I am. We've had a couple design requests that I'm looking into getting up there. I just I've been busy. So I will try to get those up there. Uh, we've had some requests for a, a logo shirt with a small logo, like a pocket logo without the like pocket. Like a polo logo? Uh, more like where they would put the logo, like just... Not that small, but yeah. If there was a pocket on the shirt, which I don't think they have. But we've had some requests for that. A couple other ideas. Like the Blockbuster one. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. The Give Me Five Blockbuster shirt, which I love and still need to own. But anyway, make sure uh, you check out that and the Patreon, which we mentioned and earlier. You can Thank find you guys. us on Twitter and Instagram at Give Me Five Pod. It's true. I need to get back on there. I need to get back on the Twitter and Instagram. I haven't done it as much recently. But I will start doing it again. It's because I haven't done anything interesting. Like, the extent of my Twitter would be just pictures of, like, my desk, because that's where I am all the yeah. time. But I'll, I'll find something interesting to do. Excellent. An Instagram feed of just pictures through Rob's window. Mm. That'll be spicy. So, yeah. 
So close us out here, Rob, in, in honor of Jimmy. Well, guys, thanks for joining us. Good morning, good afternoon, and where's my fuzzy hat? Ah, uh, see, I thought you were going to say, and Gymkata. No. With gymnastics. Do it down.